You're listening to Focus on the Bible. I want to thank you for listening to Focus on the Bible and for your support of this radio and podcast ministry. It's a joy to join you over the pages of God's Word and learn more about the Bible in these times together. Today, we're in the home studio recording Focus on the Bible, and the calendar says that today is a special day. It's called Yom Kippur. That means the Day of Atonement. It's a Jewish holiday, the greatest one of all. This holy day called the Day of Atonement spells out for us a lot about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. I'm not sure how much you know about the Day of Atonement, but I'm confident that you'll know more than ever before after we focus on the Bible. In Leviticus chapter 16, we have this great teaching about the Day of Atonement. I want to break down some words and their definitions before we jump into the text, because that way when we get to the verses, we'll already understand what these terms mean. First of all, the word day here, the day of atonement, the word day is a Hebrew word yom, Y-O-M, and that word means day. It's a full 24-hour day. It's that word that tells us that God created in a literal six-day period the foundations of the world and all that's in our universe, yom. It's a great Bible word. And then this word atonement means to remove what separates The thing that separates man from God is sin. So you can expect that the Day of Atonement will be a day in which God removes what separates man from God. This will all be carried out in a place called the tabernacle. This just means a tent. It's the tent out in that wilderness where Moses and two million strong Jews were on their journey from their slavery in Egypt to the promised land flowing with milk and honey. And along the way, even they were sinners and God gave them a way that they would have a tabernacle, the congregational meeting place, the place where God would meet with Moses. The tabernacle was a plain tent. It would be taken down and put up again as they traveled along in that wilderness area. The veil is a curtain inside that tent. In that tent, there are two different rooms or congregational assemblies. The first sanctuary is the common area. The priests could function daily in that area, but then in the back of that room was the veil. It was a thick animal skin curtain that could not be penetrated by any priest at any time. But there were special instructions that the high priest himself could go through that curtain one day out of the year and he could make a sacrifice in what was called the Holy of Holies. Now I'll give you one guess what that special day was called, the Day of Atonement. The Holy of Holies is the common name today for that inner sanctuary where that special offering could be made with the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat of God. Now that we have some basic terms, let's look at Leviticus chapter 16 and this great teaching about the Day of Atonement. We'll begin it in verse number 2. Leviticus 16 and verse 2. And the Lord said unto Moses, 
Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not, for I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. You see, the background of this story is that Aaron, the high priest, had two sons who had fiddled around in that, in that offering place with, within the presence of holy God. And in fiddling around, disobeying the clear commands of God, they had been struck down dead. And so the Lord tells Moses, give Aaron this warning, remind him not to go into the Holy of Holies at any time. But he can enter in on that day of atonement. Verse number three, thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat and he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh and shall be girded with a linen girdle. And with a linen miter shall he be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore shall he wash his flesh in water and so put them on. And so on the day of atonement, Aaron is to get up early in the morning, dress himself properly in the clothes of his ministry. Now those Old Testament priests might look like butchers. They were wearing robes. They were carrying knives for the offering of these animal sacrifices. What is up with all those animal sacrifices dying in the pages of the Old Testament? These are often copied by religious cults and false places of worship all over the world. But all those false offerings of animals are all about themselves and they don't accomplish anything for God. But the ones that Aaron offered did accomplish something for God. And this is what we learn today. From the Bible. The offerings that Aaron made were not pleasing to God in that they actually paid for all our sins. They were figures, they were patterns. All those animals were not the real payment for our sin, but they were an example of the payment offered for our sin. Even the tabernacle tent itself was not the real thing. God's real tabernacle is in the heavens. The one that was on the earth is just a figure, a pattern of the real one that's in the heaven. Verse 6, And Aaron shall offer his bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself and for his house. Okay, verses 6 through 10 in Leviticus 16 are just a bird's eye view of what's going to happen on this day of atonement. It will involve the animals. First, the bull. The bull will be Aaron's own sacrifice for his own sin and the sin of the members of his family. That's what the bull is for. And now there will come two goat sacrifices. I want you to watch this, verse 7. The general summary says, And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord, and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him, and to let him go for a scapegoat 
into the wilderness. And so we just read about three animals that will be involved in this sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. First, Aaron's going to offer a bull. A bull sacrifice will be Aaron's personal sacrifice for sin. And it will cover the sins of Aaron's family. That offering comes first. Then Aaron takes the two goats and he'll cast lots. He will choose one of those goats to be the Lord's sin offering. And then the other goat is very interesting. It's called the scapegoat. Now, no doubt you've heard that term probably all your life. And maybe you didn't realize it it began in the Bible in Leviticus chapter 16. But this scapegoat becomes very important if we understand what Jesus Christ did over in the New Testament. Verse number 11, here begins the detailed view of the bull offering. Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself. Skip, skip now to verse number 14. And he shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. And so Aaron, to make this offering complete then, will take of the blood of this bull. He dips his finger in the blood and flicks it onto that mercy seat of God. The mercy seat is simply the covering of the box. It's the covering that goes over the ark of God. On that mercy seat is represented the very presence of God. And God is watching the top of that box to see that expiation is made for sin. Now that's a complicated word, but it simply means God is looking for justice. Someone has sinned. The sin's penalty is death. And God is overseeing this process by which a death penalty is paid that's acceptable and the sign of the death is the blood. And now skip, skip to verse number 18. Upon the offering of the bull now and the offering of the first goat, this is what happens. And he shall go out unto the altar that is before the Lord and make an atonement for it and shall take of the blood of the bullock and of the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. And he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it with his finger seven times and cleanse it. Now verse 21. What happens with the scapegoat? He's left alive. He's never offered in a death sacrifice. He rather is a living sacrifice and a forever reminder of what happens to the sin of people who come under the greatest sacrifice of all. Verse 21, And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited, And he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. That goat's never coming back. That goat will forever wander in the wilderness and in the imaginations of those people who know that their sin was laid on the head of that goat, never ever to come again among the people. And now we go to Hebrews in chapter 9. We learn so much about the New Testament from studying the Old Testament. Hmm? 
Because the Old Testament gives us what? Figures, examples, patterns. And so all that happened with Moses and Aaron and that tabernacle and animal offerings being bled and the scapegoat being let go in the wilderness all combined to tell us about the greatest sin offering ever and that was that offering made by Jesus Christ. Here's what the Bible says, Hebrews and chapter 9 Verse number three, and after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. Inside that holy of holies is the mercy seat, the lid over the box called the Ark of the Covenant. And on top of that lid is offered the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse six. He says, now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. What I'm telling you today, friend, is the offering for our sin was never made by an animal in that Old Testament tent. The real offering was made on earth on a hill not far away where Jesus Christ died one day bearing our sin. Verse 9, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. That sacrifice had to be made year after year after year after year because in no year was that sacrifice a perfect one. But when Jesus Christ came, the Bible says that he entered into a tabernacle, not one on the earth, but one that was in the heaven, verse number 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Friend, it was eternal when Jesus paid it. It was a forever covering and a forever removal of all our sins for those who rest their faith in Christ alone. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can mail us at Focus Ministries, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, www.freddycoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. This is Focus on the Bible. Focus on the Bible.